Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Curtis Sharp, and I want to welcome you to another episode of The Master's Voice. It's been quite a while since I've done an episode, and to be honest, it's been kind of difficult to get back into the groove again. But recently, in fact, actually today, uh, September the 12th, I uh, got really inspired to be able to come and do this episode. And so I want to encourage you to stick around because we're going to be talking about some things that are happening today and how they apply or where we can look for them in the scriptures. Because I tell you what, there's a lot of people out there that are confused about what's happening today. And many people are afraid and concerned and think this and that about what's happening. And we need to go to the Word of God to know what it says about these last days that we're living in. So, Take a moment here with me and uh, let's listen to the Master's voice through the Word of God. Okay, so let's begin here. and I would like to give a background and um, <clears throat> this really has to do with the end time events and specifically... Uh, what the Word of God has to say about events that are going to take place. And we call this uh, prophetic uh, prophecy or uh, prophecy through Scripture foretelling certain circumstances and events that are going to take place. And um, this all came about because I was going through um, some things on Facebook uh, and there was a group that I, I decided to join up with and um, to interact and to share things. And boy, I, I became very aware that maybe there's about over now maybe 55,000 people in this group. And there is a lot of people that are confused. And I began to realize there's a lot of people here that are not grounded in God's Word. And they really do not have an understanding of the tenure and the theme of the Word of God. In other words, of events and circumstances. And it appeared to me that there were a lot of things that were based upon someone said this and someone saw this and this vision and this dream. Um, and one of the things that I really enjoy uh, I'm a pastor, but I'm also a teacher, and I can remember since I was about all oh, ten years old, uh, there was just a pa there was a passion I had for the Word of God, and um, ever since then I have studied God's Word, I've read God's Word, and uh, I went to Bible school, and I would go to conferences and all over the place, and I was always hungry for the Word of God, and I still to this day, uh, practically every morning I get up early. And I seek the Lord and I study. And I have a journal that I started uh, some years back. <clears throat> and so I have about a 250-page uh, journal. And it'll say uh, 2019 to 2020, for example. And then every day I put down uh, my thoughts and my studies. And I may not continue with something. It might be just something that I was quickened with, something that got my interest. But I, I wrote it down <clears throat> because that gets in your spirit. And I can always go back to it later. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so um, this, this group 
is um, really concerned about what is happening in the United States of America and uh, really concerned about um, some prophetic words and visions and dreams that have been given. And <clears throat> one of the things I begin to realize is that uh, people, uh, as I said, do not seem to have a grounding in the Word of God. And before I really get into this, I would like to give a, a background or a context on something. And I believe, in, and I'm speaking specifically to Western churches, Western theology. Um, I live in Costa Rica, and I have lived overseas, or outside of the United States, I should say, for about 26 years of my life. <clears throat> and I've been to different countries around the world. And uh, one of the things that I've noticed is that there has been a message, messages, I should say, that um, has been in the, the American church for the last maybe 40 years. And it is a message that has really not prepared people for the times that we're entering into. Um, when this COVID-19 took place, and I know there's a lot of information out there on the Internet, and it can say, uh, you know, this and that, and this conspiracy and that conspiracy. And um, <clears throat> one thing we have to understand and realize that God is sovereign, and He is in absolute control of everything. And uh, Isaiah 46, verse 10, says that He has declared the end from the beginning. And let me just go there for a moment, because uh, I really want to ground ourselves in the Word of God. And this is not going to be just one session. This is going to be many sessions, I believe, and I'm just going to pour out my heart in these times and uh, just speak to you from my heart. And I've been wanting to do this. And I've been, as I said, uh, it's been difficult to, to try to get on this and do it. And, um, but I, I really feel motivated or inspired to do this. And so Isaiah 46 verse 10 says, Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. And so God the Father, uh, before the foundation of the world, He saw the end from the beginning. So nothing escapes His eyes. And um, He's able to take the curse and turn it into a blessing. Um, and for example, in the life of Joseph, in chapter 50, verse 20, you know, Joseph says uh, to his brothers, you know, what you meant to do evil for me, God uh, meant it for good. And um, I'll just read that verse here real quickly. Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring it to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. And so one, one, of, the, one of the things we learn from Scripture is that God is in complete control of Satan. And God will use Satan for his purposes. And one of the things that we have to understand as we come into the last days, and when I mean the last days, we're talking about uh, the days of Daniel chapter 2, Jan Daniel chapter 7, Daniel chapter uh, 12, uh, Revelation, the book of Revelation, and the things that Paul uh, mentions about also in his epistles. Um, but um, one of the things that we need to understand when we uh, come to Scripture, is that God is in perfect control and God is in charge of everything. And um, He uses even the enemy for His purposes. For example, in Revelation chapter 17, Revelation chapter 17, and uh, we look at some, there's some things here that are going to be happening in um, 
the future. And it really says that in verse 17, uh, talking about uh, these nations that are going to come out of the old Roman Empire. And uh, maybe sometime down the road we'll, we'll get into that as a foundation for what we'll be sharing. But it says in Revelation 17, verse 17, For God has put in their hearts to fulfill His will, and to agree and to give their kingdom unto the beast. That means the Antichrist from Revelation 13. The beast, the man of sin, the Antichrist, the son of perdition, they're all the same. Uh, different names, but the same person. Until the words of God shall be fulfilled. And so, very clearly, God is sovereign and He is in control of things. And so, when all this began to take place with the COVID-19, I went to the Lord and, and uh, it was March 24th and uh, obviously 2020. And uh, the Lord spoke a very clear word to me. It was divine reset. And um, I began to understand that God was um, orchestrating His purposes through this. And one of the things that God is doing through this uh, and I'll use the parable of Matthew 7, 21 to 22, uh, 23. There's a storm that is brewing, a very powerful storm. And it is going to shake all things. And that the Lord promised that he would do in Hebrews chapter 12. And let me just go there for a moment to read that for you. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. And uh, verse 26 it says that the voice of God shook the earth, but now he is promising yet once more, I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word yet once more signifying the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace. And so there's a shaking that's taking place and there's something that God wants to do. Jesus is not coming back yet, and we'll get into that. There are people that are thinking that Jesus is going to come any moment now, and that just does not fit with Scripture. And I want to prove that from Scripture. What he's doing right now is, is the parable of Matthew chapter 7. This is what's happening. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, um, I'm sorry, verse 24 uh, Matthew 7, verse uh, 24, where it talks about the house upon the rock and the house upon the sand. And so, in Matthew, 20, Matthew 7, 24 to um, 27, uh, there are two houses. One is built on sand and one is built on a foundation on the rock. And the wind comes and the storm comes and the rain comes and... The house on the sand falls, and then the house on the rock stands firm. Now, I would like to just go, I would like to go to Luke for a moment, because Luke gives uh, another perspective on this. In Luke chapter 6, uh, verse 48, and Jesus says that whoever hears my sayings and does them, I will show, to, show you to whom he is like. And so, we're dealing with things that Jesus has taught, what the Word of God says, and that we are living them. In other words, they are part of our life. Uh, God is going to reveal who is real and who is not. God is going to reveal, and is doing that now, who is real, who is not. Who really has faith in Him 
and confidence in Him, and who doesn't? Um, last October, our church was having uh, uh, a time of prayer and fasting, and we were meeting on uh, every Sunday night to meet with the Lord in a time of prayer and repentance through going through Daniel chapter 9. And on the last night, um, as I was closing the service, and we were done, um, the Lord came up on my side, and I felt His presence very clearly. Now, I felt the Lord do that on several occasions. I felt Him come to my side, and uh, he, he spoke the word, Elder Brother, and the Lord was meeting a need in my life at that time. Um, I recall another time I was leading worship, and the Lord came as a pillar of fire to my side, so I knew he was coming to do a cleansing. And last October, this service, uh, the Lord came as the rock. And uh, he was immovable. He was a rock. You can't move a huge rock. And so um, I did not realize what was coming. But ever since, looking back, you know, hindsight's 2020, 20, uh, 2020. And looking back, I realized God was giving me a revelation of who he is because my life was going to need that even more so. And so here in Luke chapter 6, verse 48, he says, The man who hears my sayings and does them is like a man who built a house and he dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. Now, Matthew doesn't bring that out, but Luke does. Luke says that Jesus uh, brings out that he dug deep and he laid the foundation. Now, there is work that has to be done to dig deep and lay down the foundation. But if you build a house on the sand, you just do it real quick. And so this is what has happened in the last 40 years. People have been looking for quick success. They have been looking for uh, numbers. They have been preaching a message of, uh, of uh, extreme hyper grace. They have been uh, preaching a message of an unbalanced prosperity. They have been preaching a message of an unbalanced faith. And all these messages, a, a seeker-friendly church accommodating to the needs of the people instead of bringing a clear message of repentance, of dealing with sin, of holiness, of righteousness, of justice, dealing with things, of growing and maturing in, in Christ. And so uh, those are things that take work. It takes work in a relationship. It takes work to relate with God and, and to have God work in you and also with one another. Uh, marriage, marriages break and fall down because they don't want to work it. They don't, they're not committed. And so houses that are built on sand are ministries and people's lives that want something quick. They hear God's word, but they don't apply it. They like it, but they don't apply it. And they live their life thinking, well, I heard it. I'm okay. And they, they superficially build their lives on something that has no depth, no foundation. They do not take the time to dig in their lives, allow God to go deep within them, to deal with roots, to deal with issues, to deal with attitudes, to deal with mindsets. And so there's a gospel that has been preached that has been a cheap grace, a gospel that has been preached that does not have a price to it, you know, Calvary cost God everything. It cost Him His Son. Now salvation is free, but there is a price that we are to pay. Wow, if you hear what I hear, that's the rain coming down. Um, I'm in my room here, 
in uh, at the church office building, and I'm underneath, and there's another floor, then there's a roof, and it is pounding heavily. So I can't do anything about that. I'm just going to continue on. So anyways, getting back to this. Um, so the last 40 years or so, maybe even 50, there has been a message in the church that has not prepared the church for the storm. And what is happening now is the storm is upon people's lives, upon the ministries, and God is going to expose. Now, this is what the Lord quickened to me one day, the Holy Spirit, and I never saw this before, looking at the house upon the rock and the house upon the sand. And the storm comes and, and covers both of them. The storm affects both houses, and one falls. And what happens after a storm? What happens during a storm, I should say? Well, people look for refuge. And so the people that were living in the house on the, on the sand, they lost their home. They have no place to live. Where are they going to go now? Well, they're going to look for refuge at the houses on the rock. And the Holy Spirit quickened this to me and said, Look, after the storm, the storm is here comes through for the purpose of exposing that which cannot be shaken. And so we have to understand this, that the storm is coming through. And if you have been digging your life deep on the rock, and you are planted on the rock, and His Word is alive in you, and you are rooted in His Word, and you are in that Word daily, and that Word is, is convicting you, that Word is changing you, that word is feeding you. You are growing on the word. You have the relationship with the Lord. And the spirit of wisdom and a revelation is upon you and guiding you and teaching you. Then you will stand strong. And yes, you will go through the storm, but you will stand the storm. It's kind of like Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. Having done all, having done all stand and you stand in the evil day. There is an evil day that has come, uh, come upon the United States of America and other places in the world too. But I'm particularly, particularly addressing the United States. Um, and so this, this storm is going to reveal who are those that are standing. And that's what we have to understand. Who are those that are going to be standing after this storm? Those are the ones that God is going to use because they have been hearing the truth and they've been living the truth. And their lives are going to show it. Their lives are going to show it. They will have that strength of the Lord. They will have that peace of the Lord. They will have that confidence of the Lord. And they will be able to minister on behalf of the Lord to the needs of those that would be coming. You know, this is a lot like Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1 and 2. And this is something also that we have to understand. There's a lot of uh, people that believe and churches that believe. I'm going to say 90% are looking for the rapture right now. Um, probably 90% of the churches are looking any moment for the rapture to come. And yet the scripture does talk about that, but it has to do with the timing. And we have to understand what is it that God wants to accomplish? What is it He wants to do? And Isaiah chapter 60 Verse 1 and 2, we are coming into this time. We are entering into this time where there was gross darkness covering the earth and gross darkness to people. 
Now, that is spiritual wickedness. That is spiritual iniquity. That's Matthew chapter 24, verse 12, where there's an increase of iniquity upon the earth. And so in the midst of that, that darkness comes first. And that's what we were seeing happening, especially in the United States. There is darkness coming. There's an attack against Christianity. There's an attack against freedom. There is an attack against the Judeo-Christian principles that laid our foundation. Um, you know, the, the pilgrims that came over from Plymouth Rock, the Mayflower Compact, the, the reason why they left Europe and left England and the persecution that was there to find a, a land that was free to worship God and to have that liberty and that freedom. And that's really what the United States has been, a, a beacon of liberty and of religious freedom and liberty. But in the midst of this darkness, Isaiah says, there's a light and a glory that's going to rise. And we have to understand this. And so this is the context that we're going to be entering into. Light and darkness. Or I should say darkness and light. Darkness and light. And it's the same pattern that we see in Genesis chapter 1. There was darkness and then God came in with light and he said, let there be light. And he divided the light from darkness. Well, I want to stop right here and now I'll continue on with another episode. So I trust you've been enjoying this uh, first episode. In my second episode, we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 24. And uh, the words of Jesus Christ are key. They're central and they're the focus. And all prophecies dealing with end time events uh, given by the prophets in the Old Testament or by the apostles in the New Testament, they must tie in with Matthew chapter 24. And so please stay tuned as we will be studying in detail the end time events through the perspective of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm.